Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Well, you're probably well aware that there's a general election coming up. We at uh, Illinois Family Action are very concerned about election integrity. So is Jan Shaw with IllinoisFairElections.org. Jan, your organization contends that the best and most secure way to ensure that your vote is counted is to vote in person. Explain why. Vote by mail is the easiest way to cheat and the hardest way to prove fraud. If you'd watched the movie 2,000 Mules, you would understand the fact that the bigger that pile of vote by mail is, the harder it is to make sure that they are all legal voters. Well, let me ask you, though, why is it so important to show up in person to vote? So your vote counts, because when you show up in person, most places, you're putting your vote in the tabulator yourself, and it's getting counted that night before it leaves the polling place. So you know it counted. There's less opportunity for some illegal actions. Much less opportunity for illegal actions. When you vote in person, you've got both a Republican and a Democrat judge there to keep an eye on things, whereas when you vote by mail... You've got the mailbox or the drop box, and they pick it up, and they check the signature, and they put it away, and then they open it up, and they flatten them out to let them sit for a couple of days, so they flatten and feed through the tabulate as well. And we don't know how well they're securing those during all that time that they have to store them. So when you vote by mail, your ballot is changing It's a constantly lot of changing hands. And the truth of the matter is they used to have very few vote by mails. They came, it was absentee. It was for people who were at college, away in the military, for some reason could not get to the ballot or the polls, and they had to vote absentee. And it was a very tiny piece of the electorate. In 2020, we had over a third of our votes come in via absentee ballot or vote by mail. And no excuse needed. And so, yeah, they're very important that we don't keep doing that. Well, vote by mail is here to stay. So even a lot of folks who are concerned citizens and they want a fair election are voting by mail. So if you do vote by mail, what should they do to ensure that their vote will actually be counted? We got the idea from another state. It's called Claim Your Name, Secure Your Vote. Go ahead and order that vote by mail ballot. Track it, make sure it comes to you, and hang on to it. If at all possible, take it with you either early or on election day and vote in person. When you get there, they're going to say you've got to vote by mail. You have to surrender it. Make sure they write on both sides of the ballot so it's spoiled and can't sprout legs and vote itself. After they've done that, they'll give you a live ballot. You go in your booth. You vote it yourself. You put in the tabulator. You've done your civic duty. Congratulations. I voted. If for some reason you can't get into the polls to vote in person, make sure you fill out that vote by mail completely, including the affidavit and who's going to be turning it in for you if it's someone other than yourself. And make sure you or your trusted friends gets it turned in prior to the close of polls on Election Day. You said trusted friend or maybe a trusted relative will take your ballot to where? They'll take it to the polling place or they take it to a drop box? Vote by mail goes in. You can put it in the post uh, mailbox. You can put it in a drop box, which they have around all over. Well, which is the most secure, to send it to the post office or to have it taken to the drop box? I would say to take it 
to one of the drop boxes that's actually in a polling place where you have two election judges to keep an eye on it is probably more secure than the drop box that anybody can go to, including the middle of the night, and probably more secure than the post office where you have no idea how many hands or how it's going to get there. We want to trust our post office, but we know sometimes things get lost in the mail. You wouldn't mail a $500 check. Why would you mail your ballot? That's a good point. You need to have your radar up when someone comes to your door who's from a political organization and say, oh, we'll take your ballot, right? Oh, absolutely. Unless that's somebody who you know well and you trust to turn it in, don't do it. You know, if you're a strong Democrat, you can give it to the Democrat precinct committee men. If you're a strong Republican, you can give it to your Republican. But you know what? I'd give it to a relative or a neighbor who's not politically involved, but who you know is going to vote because my own gut reaction. Yeah. You don't want to give your ballot to someone who's knocking on your door who's a stranger, right? Absolutely. Never give your ballot to a stranger. You wouldn't let your kid go to the park with a stranger. Why are you going to send your ballot to the post office? That's your golden ticket to freedom. You mentioned that a lot of these vote-by-mail ballots, they seem to sprout legs and stuff. What do you mean by that? What What's going on? If you've seen the movie 2,000 Mules, you understand somehow they're getting extra ballots issued to people who are registered and look legitimate, and then somebody else is voting those and they're coming back. And the question is, how are they doing that? And I don't know who that somebody is. I'm not accusing the election authority. I'm certainly not accusing the Republicans and Democrats who work as election judges. They're working as a pair to keep an eye on everything. But somehow this is happening. Like I said, the 2000 Mules movie opened a lot of eyes. Now, Illinois Fair Elections, mother organization is Illinois Conservative Union, right? Yes, I'm with Illinois Conservative Union, and we, along with a whole lot of other groups, organizations that are very concerned about elections, all coming together to do things like organize poll watchers to try and make sure we have eyes on every ballot. Eyes on every ballot. Why is that so important? Eyes on every ballot is the way of putting poll watchers in every polling place and on every early voting location as well so that we can keep an eye on things to make sure those who go to the polls or go early to vote, that things are being done according to the law. They can keep an eye on how things are going on there. They can also keep an eye on when they're opening and processing vote-by-mail ballots. The problem is you can't have 24-7 eyes on the ballot when they're being kept or stored. Maybe I missed it. Who should have eyes on the ballot? Poll watchers? Poll watchers. Concerned citizens who want to make sure the laws are being followed. There's no shenanigans going on. Make sure the law is being followed. Yeah. Let's say you've got elderly parents or elderly relatives who are voting, and you're concerned about what could happen to their vote. What's the best way to help them along? Oh, he's talking about the vulnerable voters, especially those that are in, say, assisted living. We did send... Illinois Conservative Union did in 2020 and again in 2022 send the administrators a notice of statutory language so that they understand what their responsibilities are. By law, the election authority is supposed to send one Republican and one Democrat in with basically what looks like a vote-by-mail ballot, and they're supposed to do one at a time, sit down with the, the person who's voting, and let the person vote if they could do it on their own. But if they need help, the pair of judges are supposed to help. What happened in 2020 is because they wouldn't let anybody in with COVID, they simply delivered vote-by-mails, dropped them at the door, and let somebody on staff help. The problem with that is when an elderly person who's dependent upon this nice lady who's sitting next to them for their food, for all the basic things of life, and this person's saying, 
I need you to vote for so-and-so, they're going to vote the way they're told. You know, so, so it's a problem. And yeah. Wisconsin and did some fair, stuff on that. Yeah, and ILFairElections.org is working to counter that, right? Right. We, like I said, we sent a statutory letter there. We're working to do that. The other thing that you could do if you've got somebody in there is insist, if they're letting family come talk to them, insist that family be the assistant on helping them vote rather than staff members. It is absolutely best if they send in both a, a Republican and a Democrat judge to help them vote. Next best would be family doing it. And they don't have to do it in their rooms. They can set up a place out on the porch if the weather's nice or in a lobby area if it's not so nice and, and bring them in one at a time to vote. And have extra people standing there watching to make sure that they're not being told how to vote, but simply being helped to vote the way they want to vote. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. We're going to take a time out and continue our conversation with Jan Shaw with ILFairElections.org right after this. With a one-minute look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. The Radio Health Journal podcast recently reported on muscle dysmorphia, a psychological condition of mainly bodybuilders who think they're less muscular than they actually are. In it, a Harvard psychologist described patients who missed work to obsessively work out, and others who wore baggy clothes to hide what they think are puny figures. And it's not just bodybuilders. The New York Times reported earlier this year on what it called bigorexia, which affects a growing number of teenage boys. All of these media outlets correctly treated muscle dysmorphia as a disorder that required helping these men see the goodness of their bodies as they really are. Yet the very same news outlets treat gender dysphoria as a problem of the body, with treatment that involves body modification, such as hormones and surgery. In fact, gender dysphoria is the only dysphoria in which people are told to align their bodies with their minds, instead of helping their minds accept the truth of their bodies. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. It's an evening you don't want to miss. The Illinois Family Institute's Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet with actors and filmmakers Sam and Kevin Sorbo. Join them Friday night, October 28th at the Carlisle in Lombard. Register at IllinoisFamily.org. People are standing up and saying enough is enough. I'll just say that people are looking for truth. The Sorbos are outspoken Christian conservatives in liberal Hollywood. They're known for the Hercules TV series and the documentary film Leaders for Life. You need bravery. But I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to be bold, right? Sure, we all are. But we all need to learn how to be bold. Kevin and Sam Sorbo and the IFI Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet, Friday night, October 28th. Register at IllinoisFamily.org or call 708-781-9328, IllinoisFamily.org. Hail and well met. I'm Alyssa. I'm Eliana. I'm Kenna. And I'm Jenna. We are four females who, by discussing and dismantling subjects prevalent in the Western culture, want to make truth self-evident once again. We want to make current cultural events and worldview issues relatable to our peers and point all those listening to the gospel and what the Bible says. We are available on any platform you find a podcast. So please leave us a review, follow us on all the social medias, and please give us a listen. Self-evident, dedicated to speaking truths that were once self-evident and doing so in love.
Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick. The election is nearing and early voting is getting underway. We have fears about election integrity. Here to talk about that is Jan Shaw with IllinoisFairElections.org. Now, Illinois Fair Elections has a 10-point action plan for a fair election. Can you give me maybe three or four of those top action plans? We kind of discussed some of them about voting by mail. Log on to the website either for your county or for Illinois State Board of Elections and verify that you actually are still registered. We've had people get that ugly surprise when they, after voting their entire life, will show up to vote and be told, you're not on the voter rolls. And then they have to re-register on Election Day. And that's a problem. Why is that happening? Have they moved or what? No, people who have not moved haven't, been, haven't changed their driver's license, haven't put in a national change of address, haven't been at the welfare office where they signed up to live in a different place than where they're currently living. I mean, nothing. No sign of moving. Haven't died. They're there, they're walking, but somehow they got removed from the rolls. And when you ask about it, they don't know how. Voted in several elections. One of my good friends who's in her 60s in the 2020 election told me that she has voted every election since she turned 18. In 2020, she had to re register because she was not on the voter rolls, and she actually knew two of the election judges there. So before the election, you need to make sure you're registered to vote. And where can you get that uh, validation with your county clerk's office where we've got a link to that on the illinoisfairelections.org webpage but basically it's you can go to your county election site if they've got a good webpage and they'll have a link that says make sure i'm registered or you can go to the illinois state board of elections and they have a link the one we have on our website is the illinois state board because that's good for the whole state okay a couple other points about uh, ensuring a, a fair election and making sure well, that your vote counts. Okay, the next step I think we have on there, go get your sample ballot. Again, that goes from the same website. There'll be a spot that says, find your sample ballot. And so you pull that up, and you can print a sample ballot for yourself if somebody didn't give you one. And that way, when you get to the polling place, because we've also had, and it's anecdotal, people show up to vote, and then at the end of the election, they go, yeah, they call us up on our hotline to Illinois Conservative Union. They'll leave a message about, I didn't recognize any of the names on the ballot. I think I got the wrong ballot. You need to know who's supposed to be on your ballot so when you get your ballot, it, they're the people you're expecting. And the other piece of getting a sample ballot is that way prior to the election, you can look up all those people that are on your ballot. I know Illinois Family Institute has a link there. Invaluable links. Take a peek at some of that stuff. You know, in broader terms and uh, big picture, we have to ensure that there's not a federal takeover of elections. That's on your 10-point plan here. Right. Every and time why is that so important, that elections remain controlled by states and local governments? You know, if they're taken over by the federal government and they have the whole thing, then you've got one leverage point in which you can cause a lot of damage. As long as the elections are done by individual counties, it makes it much tougher for anybody to take over and cause damage in the election. And the other thing to remember is the Constitution itself gives the authority to the state legislators to set election law, not the courts, not somebody like the state's attorney or the secretary of state, and not the federal government. Now, the federal government has set a few basic things, such as all states vote on the same day in a, in a federal election, and that's fine. They did pass a law, eh, kind of questionable, but it does say states have to do a reasonable effort of cleaning up their voter rolls. Doesn't look like they're doing it, though. 
that's the piece of that law that nobody's ever really enforced. But the big thing for this immediate election is to claim your vote. Right. Make sure you vote. The biggest thing to make sure we have a secure election is everybody who's legally eligible should be registered to vote and needs to come out and vote. Because the more votes that are there that are legal, the harder it is for the illegal ones to have an effect. They need more. They're more up to get caught. So, you know, just claim your vote. Vote the way you want to vote. Because this is, it's an election, not a selection. Well, you know, there are some folks who feel that, well, there's so much cheating going on. Why even bother the vote? That's the wrong attitude they have. Absolutely the wrong attitude. There's a little bit of cheating going on, and the fewer people voting, the less cheating they have to do to make it happen. So vote. We're watching this happen in other states where they have only vote by mail, and a lot of the people turned it in the very last day, so they didn't have time to know how many votes they needed to put in to make the cheat happen. Big things happen in Virginia. You referenced that earlier. What were a couple of the key things that happened in Virginia to ensure that a conservative Republican was elected governor in that essentially blue state? The Virginia had a Virginia model, which is what we're trying to follow with the Illinois Fair Elections Coalition. And it basically says we work together to make sure we have eyes on every ballot. We look at what are the potential ways of cheating, and we try to mitigate those so it makes it tougher and tougher. Our goal is actually to make it easy to vote. We don't want to suppress anybody's vote, but we want it easy to vote, hard to cheat. That's what we're working on. And the more people who are helping us secure the ballots, the better the chances we have that we will have an honest election. And the more people who come out and vote for themselves in an honest election, the more it's going to be an honest election. Easier to vote, harder to cheat. But every election we hear about dead voters showing up <laughs> okay to vote. Uh, is that still a big problem here in Illinois? Yes, it is. And one of the things you can do is if you know somebody, a neighbor or relative who's died recently, check to make sure their name is not on the voter rolls. And make sure you tell the clerk so they can get pulled off the voter rolls. And make sure you tell your political precinct committeeman or somebody in the party about it so they can watch and make sure that person doesn't apply for a vote-by-mail ballot. Now, I That's know the dead's favorite way of vote, by the way, is by mail. Yeah. Dead voters? Okay. Dead voters. Their favorite way to vote is by mail. Okay. And yes, we, we know there are people who are here illegally or, or here legally who are on the voter rolls, and they may think it's okay because somebody told them they could. But you know what? If you're not a citizen of the United States, you cannot legally vote. And if you do vote when you're not a citizen, the law actually says you can be deported for that, even if you're here legally. Now, I don't know that they're actually enforcing that now. And so I would tell you, if you're not a citizen of the U.S. and you registered somehow, you might want to check. Get yourself off of that list because if somebody votes your name, you could have troubles if you ever apply to become a citizen. Let me ask you this. Uh, let's say you are a poll watcher or you're an election judge. What are a couple things you really need to look for? Election judges need to make sure they're doing things according to the law. The first thing is when you go in the night to set up before the election, make sure there's a printed copy of the election judge's manual in with the supplies. Some places are trying to save money by not putting that in there. And then when you have somebody come in like it needs an assisted voter or something else, you have to call because you don't have the manual to tell you how to handle this. Or when something shows up with a vote by mail to surrender, you have to know what to do with it. And this is very important that the manual have it in there and that the manual's available in that box. So that's for an election judge. For a poll watcher, the biggest thing 
is to make sure you know what the laws say because the, the election judges are responsible for checking people in, giving them their ballot, and making sure the, the election goes according to law. Poll watchers are there to watch, take notes, make sure everything goes right, get the poll tapes at the end of the night so you know how many people were counted at your polling place before it got shipped out of the building. So the two work hand in gloves, so to speak, because there's things a poll watcher can do that the election judge can't and vice versa. By the way, election judges are paid. They're actually hired by the county. Poll watchers are volunteers. Right. And they're not checking for IDs here in Illinois, but you still should be checking for signature verification. Right. In Illinois, we do not check. The law does not require an ID check. You do need to have an ID when you register, though. In fact, you need two IDs to prove where you live and who you are. So I don't get this. They don't have an ID. They got registered somehow. But when you go in, the only checks we have is that you know your name. They frequently will ask you your address, and you have to know your address without reading it, right? And you have to sign it, and the signature has to look reasonably close to the way you signed the card when you last registered or when you got your driver's license or whatever signature capture they got there now. The argument would be against that. Well, I've had some health issues and my signature's not the same and, you know. Well, and and that's possible. Most people, the signature is close enough that it will pass. If your signature's really different, like you've had a stroke or something, they can do a signature capture at the polling place. The judge can do that. It's a form. You have to show two IDs to prove who you are and where you live. And they'll get a new signature and put that on file instead. And you get to vote. And the next time you come up, hopefully you won't have the problem because your signature will be more recent. I want to backtrack. We talked about dead voters. Illinois Conservative Union has been in a a legal fight with the Illinois State Board of Elections over these voter rolls and purging voter rolls. What's the status right now? Actually, we won that suit a while back. They agreed that the federal law actually takes precedence over the state law. State law says only political parties, candidates, and government agencies can get the roles. The federal law says anybody who wants to make sure the roles are accurate can get the roles. So we actually, they admitted we, we were right that they should give them to us. We're in the settlement phase. They wanted to give it to us without the house number, so only a partial address, and they wanted to give us just one-time snapshot. Uh-uh. Because a one-time snapshot doesn't tell you much. You need multiple snapshots to make sure they're not adding them in right before the election and taking them off right after the election. So Snapshots, no, what do you mean by that? What we're noticing, and we saw it here too, is that the number of registered voters spikes way up right about the election times. It goes way up during early voting up to election day with lots of people thinking the most convenient time to register is on election day. So... It goes up more than 10%, maybe 20% in some places. And then right after the election, it comes down. And in fact, it came down before they printed the list of who voted. And so our own um, election authority, one of the people put an affidavit in for a um, recount that was going on. And they actually said, we can't be expected to tell you who voted because the voter rolls are always changing. And yet they had an electronic poll book, and that should have the list of who actually checked in and voted. Is it your contention that the State Board of Elections should be purging the voter list before the election, not after? Of course. You want clean voter rolls right before the election so everybody who's voting is a legal voter. And we've actually taken off somebody who died or moved. 
you know, people move out, you know, during the summer and then they're going to vote in the fall. It looks like, and this is strictly conjecture and, and from anecdotal data, that when somebody moves from one county to another, that they get registered in the new county as an active voter and they leave them in the old county until after the vote. So they got two active voter registrations. Now, theoretically, nobody's going to vote that one that shouldn't be there. But why aren't they just getting rid of it? That's what I don't understand. Before the election. Before the election, right. Right. So that's not happening in Illinois. It doesn't appear to be. I don't have enough data to prove that yet. So much we could talk about. Jan Shaw with IllinoisFairElections.org. Folks need to get to your website. Oh, absolutely. We've got all sorts of things you can sign. We've got a link where you can sign up to be a poll watcher. Uh, we'll help you become an election judge, although those are pretty much already picked for this round. You'll find out what candidates can do to help make sure elections are fair. What you can do as an average citizen to make sure your own, our top 10 list is on, you know, is there. What you can do, what you can help your neighbors and your family members do. You know, so take a peek at it. It's got some great ideas. All right. Thank you so much. Jan Shaw, ilfairelections.org. Go to that website and uh, get up to date on election integrity and what you can do to make sure your vote is counted, to claim your vote. Right. Thank it's claim your name, secure your vote. Claim your name, secure your vote. Take care. Thank you so much, Jan. God bless and your work. Go to IllinoisFamily.org to order copies of IFI's free voter guide. And while you're there, sign up to receive emails from IFI. And remember to support the work of the Illinois Family Institute, Illinois Family Action. Stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit IFIAction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.